listening to the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast with your hosts, Sir Colin Campbell and Gary A. McGowan. Good afternoon, good afternoon. It's your host, Sir Colin Campbell here and Gary A. McGowan, and we're inside the studio in the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast. We have uh, two special guests in the building here with us today, uh, the real estate mom, uh, Christina Clements, and the biggest man in real estate, Andrew Bolton. Hello, hello. (laughs) Hello. All right, before we dive into who you are, we got a little word from one of our sponsors, so let's do that. This is Dion Begg from Butler Mortgage. For the past 15 years, I've helped families answer the big three financial questions. How do I pay off my home faster, pay for my kids' education, and build wealth for retirement? We answer these questions through helping plan and fund significant investment property portfolios. If you're a first-time buyer or buying your first or 10th investment property, please reach out for a free consultation so we can ensure you build the best portfolio possible. Search for mortgagesbydion.com or call me at 800-518-1221. Beautiful, beautiful. There is a little bit of a lag on this, but it has nothing to do with us, Andrew. You said there's a lag. So hopefully we're all good. Uh, We might have to restart this, but that's okay. We have Christina and Andrew, and normally this is the time where I pull out long bios, but I can tell you what. No bios today because we want to get right to the meat of stuff. Yes. Uh, here's what you need to know. We have two of the top agents on the Toronto Real Estate Board in the studio with us, and that's pretty exciting. How's the microphone? It's fantastic. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> good, 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 good. They are awesome. They do awesome things for their clients, and uh, and for, and which is awesome because that evolves into what they can do for their families, and I know that's both uh, important to, to the both of them. Christina, tell us in two minutes, like, who is Christina? What are you all about? And take it from there. Okay, so... You can find me on Instagram as that realtor mom. And I think that alone just kind of gives you a little brief of, you know, what I am. So I'm obviously a realtor and I'm a mom to two small little girls. And, you know, I'm in real estate to help people. And it's it sounds cheesy, but really that's what it's all about for me. It's about educating people about real estate and how I can help them achieve their goals in real estate and building a lasting relationship. I like awesome. it. There's love lots it. there. We're going to come back to that. Andrew. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> tell us who Christina is and see no. <laughs> Who's Andrew Bolton? Same question. Um, I, I have two little girls as well, and they're they're pretty much my focus, uh, along obviously with my wife. And uh, I like to help people. Currently, I'm, I'm working on helping people build some serious wealth um, through real estate, uh, through some real estate investment, uh, getting them into some areas, showing them how to. Uh, make some real money. I also really enjoy helping people get like the dream home. You know, they live there. I find it really rewarding. Um, I love what I do. I, I I don't think I would do it if I didn't. It's a lot of hours, a lot of schlepping and grinding, but it doesn't feel like that um, because I like it so much. So I, that's that's about it for me. I, I'm I'm all about you know meeting people. All my clients become friends, um, and they all uh, become part of a larger family. Awesome. Cool. I don't think we've had the word schlepping on the podcast before. So that's a it's first. a first. Yeah, 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 yeah. I might a have first. a few other words for yeah, you that yeah. you've never had as well. There we go. We have some horns for you somewhere in the background. Uh, you want to take the first couple of questions? Or I've got a whole bunch here in my head that I can go after. But Is there a list of questions? Didn't know. Uh, why, I would just like to know from, uh, from both of you, I'm sure people listening out there would like to know how long you're in the business just, uh, you know, just to get that out to the way, the background out to the way. So, Andrew, start we'll with start with, yeah, we'll start with you. Uh, I've been in the business 12 years. Um, I was with uh, Coldwell Banker for about six before I joined Keller Williams about six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done things from you know residential real estate to land development to uh, developing a project in, uh, in Aurora, the Well Street Lofts. Um, mm-hmm. I really like uh, all facets of, of our industry. Um, you know, I started before this. I was a, a commodities broker, uh, and before that, I was uh, in university to be an opera singer. So I'm a baritone. Uh, so that you're going to sing at say, some point. Do we get a bit of a song today? Uh, yeah, because no, that's I, I, why I'm I, here. I, from I got Colin. a song queued up. <laughs> <laughs> I got that song queued up too. <laughs> um, and from there, I've been I've been lucky enough to have a really successful career. 
um, you know, tracking uh, top 15 in Canada last year and um, top in our brokerage, which I'm really, you know, grateful for and proud of, to be quite honest. It was, it was hard work and should be, um, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll keep that, that ball rolling. Yes. Cool. Cool. Christina. Yeah. Uh, so I have now been in real estate for seven years and I'm primarily uh, residential resale homes. That's, that's my bread and butter. I dabbled a little bit in new, new homes. I just wasn't for me. Okay. I'm uh, I love helping families buy and sell and, um, kind of, you know, very similar to Andrew. I've had some great success, uh, pretty, pretty quickly. And I think a lot of it comes down to the relationships that I build with people. I just, I love giving them honest answers. I love giving them advice, whether they want it or not. Um, it's just about building trust. And I love seeing other people build their wealth through real estate. That's, that's why I got into real estate. I bought really young and, um, I'm where I am today from buying and selling real estate myself. Tell us a little bit more about that. You getting into real estate. Sure. So I got into real estate. I, it's so bizarre. What kid thinks they want to be a realtor. I did. Um, super, super weird, but I just loved real estate. I loved homes. I loved decorating. I wanted to go into houses when I was little. And if it was a mess, I just wanted them to clean it and show off their space. Like my mom can go back and tell you stories about me being like this big and going in and being like, you should clean this up. It would look better. So Mm. it really goes back to being little. And, um, when I, bought my first home with my husband, we saw so many houses and I literally loved every aspect of it. And I thought I could do this for people. And we started building our wealth through buying real estate. And, you know, we've got a lot of friends. We're, we're pretty young, um, that always ask like, how, how have you guys gotten here? And the truth is from buying real estate. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to be able to help people and teach them that they can do it too. Nice. That's Mental awesome. note, you're never coming over to my house until after the cleaning lady's been through. <laughs> now, now it's so bad, my four-year-old will go through. Go. Now my four-year-old, she'll come and tell you. Oh, great. That's all we great. Do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. There's, we were just talking kind of off-air, off-air, and, and before yeah. the show started, you know, um, a lot of people think realtors just have it easy. Mm. And, and this is not a, a show about Crimea River or anything like that. Like, it's, it's tough work. And, mm-hmm. and leading up to this past year, even in, into the, say, four or five months into this year, it's, the market's really slowed down, really, mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. slowed down to the fact where, you know, a few years ago, there was probably 200 and 250 deals right on this table right here between yep. the four of us. And now <laughs> within the last six months, like that's going to be an incredible feat to re- yeah. replicate. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about, you know, what you're doing and how you're helping your clients from a seller's perspective and then we'll get into the buyer's perspective a little bit later. But how, Andrew, how are you helping your buyers through this market at the moment? Because there seems to be some opportunities. Buyers or sellers? I kind of reversed that. Sellers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm keeping you on your toes. Okay, <laughs> let's go with sellers because that's the tough piece. That's, that's the tough piece. Yeah, sellers, the, I think the biggest challenge is getting them to forget 2017 completely. Mm-hmm. 2017 was an anomaly in, in 905 in particular. So my business is is between uh, Toronto and, and the 905 and surrounding areas. And those are two very different markets. Uh, Toronto is very much still like it was. It hasn't skipped a beat. So we're still into you know multiple offers. 17 offers, you know, going hundreds of thousands of dollars over, things like that. But as soon as you get north of Highway 7, I'd say, you've seen a depleted market that's come from 2017. It's down about 25 to 30%, depending on where you're at. So getting people's head around that. And and so what we've been doing is showing them the graph of, of appreciation and showing them some stats, taking out 2017 and showing that it's actually still a healthy bit of appreciation, about 4 to 6% year over year, some years a lot more than that, obviously. Um, but it's healthy, it's there, you know, they bought it 5 to 10 years ago and they're doubling their money. I mean, we just have to get kind of realistic. Uh, and we talk about expectation. I think expectation is the hardest point for sellers right now. Um, we also have to tell them that it has to be, you know, there's a fair bit of inventory, so it has to shine, it has to be staged well, it has to, you know, be done. You can't, uh, you can't be lazy with your with your preparation, and we help them with that, and, and I think that gets us a lot of good results. Cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Anything to add to that, Christina? Yeah, very similar. Um, you know, I think managing their expectations is a, is a big job, and it's something I think a lot of realtors got away with for the last couple of years, not honestly really doing the work that we always should have been doing, and now it's kind of our job to go back in and and 
kind of go back and say, listen, take that out. I don't care what your neighbor did. I don't care what your friend did. Let's talk about numbers and numbers don't lie. So you've really got to go in with the numbers and show them because you can't make that up. Right. Mm -hmm. So show them and get rid of 2017 and show them the graph. It's, it's still healthy. Had we taken that year out and just showed them the numbers today, they'd be thrilled. So we just got to be really realistic with them. And my thing is, if somebody is not realistic about their number, I've got to walk away. Mm-hmm. That's a very interesting point, saying that you're willing to walk away from that mm-hmm. because we know uh, your repetition is online there because you might be the property might be so outside of the market. Now, with um, it's a it's a huge mental gap for us to get past where we have clients who they're looking for that million because everyone wants a million now, <laughs> and the home is currently worth eight hundred thousand. What are you doing specifically to get them past that mental gap? I think like Christina said, you just show them the numbers. I mean, if they're neighbor, And is that enough? Not a lot of times. Okay. We'll have agents come in and buy the listing, I call it. You know, they come mm-hmm. and tell them a million bucks when it's really 850. They, they put them on the market. They allow them to sit for a month, stress them out, get zero uh, offers. They may get some showings, but they get zero offers. And then they get them to reduce. I mean, it's a game we see all mm-hmm. the time. Um, whether some agents don't know it and, and yeah. just can't get control of their, li- their, their clients or whether they do it on purpose, I don't know. I'm not going to speak to that. But um, I, like Christina, will walk away. I mean, I'll tell them a price. We can try a little bit higher, but not dramatically higher, not $100,000, $200,000 higher, you know, yeah. $10,000, dollars $20,000, sure. But if you have a house that is either comparable or better and it's sold for less than they think they're going to get for their house, which, is a, which will probably get less because of certain factors – it's not worth your time putting it in there. And it's also going to set them up for failure. Agreed, yeah. So for both uh, Christina and Andrew, um, you both mentioned that you would walk away from a deal if the sellers are unrealistic in terms of their price point. At what point does an agent get to that confidence to say, "This I've interpreted the numbers, these are what the numbers are saying, 200000 outside of this is ridiculous for lack of a better word. Um, so I'm willing to walk away from this. Like, how does an agent get to that point of that confidence? I, you know, that's personal, teach their own. Um, you know, there's tons of realtors. I see it every day. Um, when I look at the price and I, I can almost tell you whose listing it is before I even look at the bottom of the MLS sheet. I can tell you who it is. Um, for me, my time, is very valuable and I didn't value my time years ago and now I do. And I honestly, I really respect my clients and I'm doing them a totally a disservice if I took on their listing and I'm doing a disservice to all the future clients I probably could have met and gotten from having that listing if I did it properly. So I call it the unicorn price and I leave it in their hands. You know, we kind of do three pricing, three prices. When we go in, I say, here's your unicorn price. This is a price that makes no sense. We have no data. I like that. You, you know? First of all, you can tell who has little girls at home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a fantasy. But right? I love it. And love um, it. and you got to just you've got to be real with them, but without being harsh, right? So yep. mm-hmm. here's three prices. You've got the unicorn price. Um, this is the one that's a fantasy land. Um, we can list it here, and people will come in and they'll laugh at us, and they'll wait for us to come to reality. Then we've got the real price. We've got all the numbers. This makes sense. If someone brings an offer, we have every reason to stick to our price because we believe in it. And then we've got the ones where we can go lower and try for a bidding war. Now, Mr. Seller, Mrs. Seller, what do you think makes sense? Right? Ask them. Give them the information and put it back. How often are they going to look at you and say, I, I really think that unicorn price sounds great. <laughs> right? How often? Not, not too often. And if they do... That doesn't make sense doesn't for me. Make sense, yeah. yeah. No, I like it. I, I think like it. I think I've also built built my business, and I uh, even personally, uh, I high, um, I hold integrity very highly in my life. So, I'm not going to lie to a client ever about anything, including price, for selfish reasons. I've learned so that I've learned that in a number of different ways. Um, having taken a listing that's way too high, I don't like going through the the stress of that. I don't like putting my clients through the stress of that. I don't. It's just not worth my time, like mm-hmm. Christina said. So, um, you know, sometimes it's better not to take it, I think, uh, respectfully, you know, okay. and, and, and obviously I want listings, right? Okay. But if they're hell bent on a, on a price that is really, really dramatically outside of what of the reality, 
it's not worth taking because I can move on to someone who actually wants to sell their home and work mm. with me as opposed to just push the market in, in a way that's not going to work. Okay. Do you think on the whole, talk about the pricing strategy a little bit and, and people valuing their own homes higher than perhaps, or that, that it is, mm-hmm. do you think agents are afraid to have that tough conversation? Absolutely. For sure. It's not an easy one. Yeah. No, it's, it's no. not easy to to look at somebody and say, I know you love your home, but it's not worth this, or this one's better. But what you have to do is take them out and see some. Maybe mm. that's what you have to do, and yeah, I've had to do it sometimes. It. Take them out, see a couple, and as we're walking through, what do you think this, is this kitchen better or worse than yours? You know, like, what do you think? Mm. And they'll start to kind of get it. Yeah. And then you come back to the drawing board and sit down and say, so we looked at this one, you agreed this one was probably superior, and this is what it sold for. So now when we come back to the price, how does this price make sense? If you've shown me these three are, three are superior, these ones are inferior, why would we list here? Yeah. And ask them, mm-hmm. right? That's that's one of my favorite <coughs> lines, and I use it too, is is we've seen the comparables. Mm-hmm. Where do you feel your home is priced? And, yeah. and that's exactly what you're showing them. And yeah. they can't choose that unicorn price. They can't. Because that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. wish I could get it. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Cool, cool. Um, Okay, so let's let's flip that around a little bit. So, because of the number of people that are wanting to sell their home right now, there's, I can't think of another word, but a lack of buyers. Mm-hmm. So, how are we working with our buyers to to get them into the home that they like and at that pricing that they like, and and even bring their their expectations to the level that it should be? Because now here. every buyer is looking for a deal out there, <laughs> right? So, how do we balance mm-hmm. the two? I, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit odd for a lot of agents when they get into the career for I need a five. rewind for that. I, that's a sound bite, okay? <laughs> I'm a little bit odd. So at, at 246, I'm writing this down. Andrew Fulton, I'm a little bit odd. Finally, we have it on tape. Awesome. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Mind I, uh, where I was going with that is I love working with buyers. So I love showing homes. I get a kick out of it. A lot of agents you know, are very uh, listing-centric, that that's what they go for, and I understand why. It makes a lot of sense. But part of my enjoyment is actually showing buyers homes. And so how do we get them in? I, I love this time right now because there's a lot of inventory. There's a lot of choice. Um, and if they're serious buyers and you find out their motivation, you can help bring them back to that motivation all the time. And that, that gets them transacting, and it gets them... You can show them that it can get them more than um, than they really thought they could get. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm dealing with that right now with a client. He didn't think he was going to get anywhere near what we mm-hmm. were going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, part of my niche is bringing people out of the city so oh, right. who have equity in their mm-hmm. homes or have, have appreciated a lot. Bring them out, bring them into an area in the 905 that uh, they get to keep their equity or at least transfer that equity into a much bigger, more dream home, let's say. Yeah. Uh, you know, something from, like I did, move from a 17 by 100 foot you know, lot to something with a little more land and, and a little more home for pretty much a straight trade from Toronto. So yeah. I love doing that. If I, so for me, the, I think um, I'm just excited by it. So I think my clients get excited by it. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, that's how I motivate them. Okay. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. You mentioned something there, equity. Mm-hmm. Anyone that's owned a home for longer than say six or seven years most likely have a lot of equity in their homes. So I know, you know, most people have been tuned into the podcast here. They know that uh, real estate investing is a big passion of Colin and myself. And and talk to me a little bit about how you're kind of helping people unlock equity. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Me? Okay. Yeah. Um, so this is something that I've, I've, my book is, you know, it changes our, our book. And as, as we get through, you know, our, we have clients. Your book that of have, business. That that's is, what I yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like you wrote so, a book. Yeah. Like, whoa, <laughs> sweet. <laughs> but the, my book of business. So my clients are now, they've owned for five to 10 years. Some of them don't want to move, but they have equity in their home and they do want to, they, they want to, to Dion's point, uh, pay for their kid's future or retire early or pay off their home early. And uh, what I've been helping them do is realize that, you know, with $100,000, $150,000 in equity, we can get them into um, an investment property. Right now, what's really hot is pretty much Barrie and, and uh, Hamilton are, are sort of the hottest areas for investment in terms of cash flowing because everyone, when they first buy, wants a cash flowing property. We can get into yes. how that's not <laughs> what you have to be looking for, but... Um, um, so we teach them that we can take this equity and we can get them something. And then in five years at 4% appreciation, you're doubling your initial investment, which was actually just the equity in your home, which was sitting there doing nothing for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. So most people love that idea um, in theory. Uh, a challenge I'm having right now is getting to the point where they transact. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's scary. 
the first time. But I find once you get one investment property, they want to buy five. You have that bug. Yeah, Absolutely. they want to buy five yeah. because they can see it. Yeah. And you can see that. It, and, and anyone that I know with any serious wealth has done it through real estate. Yeah. You know, and so I also am doing it myself. So I don't really teach clients or push clients. I don't, I don't really push clients at all. But um, open opportunities up to clients that I don't do myself, I'm also doing it myself. So yep. I, I fully believe in it this year. This is probably paramount to like uh, 2008 yep. uh, in terms of buying uh, ability for investment property. We haven't seen prices like this or at least uh, rent rates in, in comparison to price um, at this level so that it works out. Like we, we actually have cash flowing properties which hasn't happened in a very long time. In a very long time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the last time we've had that is around 20, 2007, 2008. That's You're right. correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where are you buying properties right now for yourself or for your clients? Barry Aurelia and Hamilton. Why Aurelia? Why Aurelia? Yeah. Uh, because Aurelia, well, casino. There's yeah. There's schools. There's hospitals. So when I'm investing or helping a client invest, we always want to look at a school, hospital, um, new development. Which there, there's all of those three things in Aurelia. Also, the the value of Aurelia hasn't popped. It's starting to. It's starting to now. Um, I mean, you know, the real estate investors network or whatever it is is voted at top nine, six. Nine, number nine. Is it nine? Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, also because Barry is so good, but it really is that much better and it and Barry's starting to pop again. So we're, we're seeing it weekly starting to pop. Like in December, Barry, we could get a... a Three up, two down, bungalow, uh, even even uh, legal for under five. Now we're into five fifty, five sixty for that product. So like mm-hmm. the property has gone up ten percent since December, I would say. So we're pushing out into into Aurelia, Hamilton. Very very busy, very busy. But uh, same reason. A lot of people are moving out of Toronto to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, also because of the Metrolink's expansion, it makes yep. sense. That's why we're still watching Oshawa and Pickering, as well for the same reason. Um, but those, that's why I like those areas. I mean, Hamilton's, um, it can be a bit rough around the edges. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, I was looking at a building for myself uh, about a month ago, and the police were there twice while I was looking at it. Like, it, it's, so, it's uh, sketchy. Nice. So they found you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And Christina, we're, you've developed, you've created wealth through real estate as well. Mm-hmm. So have you invested in properties have you done flips what have you done um in the past year and a half i've done two flips okay um i don't think they're for everybody (laughs) they're they're not and you've got to be a little bit more careful with something like that because you are relying on the market remaining the same or if Mm. not you know doing better yes so you do have to be a little bit careful and be prepared that if it's not what you want when you want to sell then keep it um and i was in that position so it made sense for me to do that, I love designing and renovating. So if there's something I can get my hands on that is just like totally outdated and yeah. needs a wall taken down, that is my dream. So I came across two properties and it made sense for me to do that. I did really well um, on my first one and not as well on the second, but it was also a, a smaller smaller home. But it also, it had, uh, I've got contractors in my family and stuff. So you know what? It was awesome because I got to give work for my family and we did sell it a good profit. And um, I love showing clients that. That's been a big thing for my business the last couple of years is being able to go in and say, this isn't your dream home now, but this is what we could make it. Yes. And that Mm -hmm. has to be the reality for some people is don't be afraid of turning something into your dream home because you can achieve that through renovating and it's not as much as people think. Right. So being able to walk through a property and teach them that we could change this, we could take this wall out. This is low bearing wall. This isn't. And the cost associated with all that. I've got a client right now, actually, they just called um, before I came here and we did that with them. We took them out of brand new home is only two years old, bought an older home, which is not what they initially thought. And um, I got to design and renovate it with them. And it is like gorgeous. It is by far better than any house they saw that they could not afford. So when I get calls, they call to, you know, talk about real estate again. It's really exciting because I know that I did something they wouldn't have achieved without me. That, that's, that's brilliant. That's cool. Yeah. And for properties that, you're lo- that you've looked for in the past, whether it's flips or investment, what, what, what are the metrics that you're looking for? So I haven't, um, investment wise, I, I have a couple of properties um, that I like to keep close to home. So it's very personal. Yes. So when I talk to somebody about investing, it has to be, what are your goal 
Like, what are your goals with this? Do you want it close by? Are you okay with it being an hour and a half away? If it has a cash flow, this one maybe doesn't. And it really needs to be something that they're comfortable with. And that changes from, you know, client to client. So Barry has been a hot spot. I've actually, you know, I've got a lot of friends that are still in the city. They need to be for work. They're not ready to give up the city life, but home ownership is just not possible where they are. So I have been able to help a lot of younger people buy somewhere more affordable. Mm And home ownership is a reality now for them. They are renting that out and still keeping their place in the city and their life is what it is. And in five years, we'll, you know, we'll take a look at that, take the equity. Maybe they can keep that and then buy where they want to be. So that's a big discussion I have with a lot of, you know, people in their late twenties, early thirties that just don't think that home ownership is going to happen in the city. Let's talk about other areas where it can happen. Awesome. Right. Awesome. Little time out here. I want to make sure that uh, the people online are, you know, tell us where you're from too, where, where you're watching the the show from, and if you do have some questions or comments along the way for uh, Andrew or Christina, uh, let them know, and then we can put that on the screen and so forth, and have some fun with it. But this is it's a good opportunity to ask some top producers some questions and and have some interactions. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, I love that story about your client, and I want to talk to. Uh, talk to you guys about clients a little bit and and because uh, that's you know what that's really what it's all about I, when when Colin and I did our first podcast we asked each other the question uh, what's the most fun you've had with a client and I want to know what that is from you guys like what, what kind of motivates you to to get out there and create that fun for your clients <laughs> okay so there's a lot of laughter so there's the radio version yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the clean version <laughs> um, I have a lot of fun with clients yeah. so a lot of my clients are friends, uh, past or, or new, cool. you know, so they're made into friends. Um, I had a client, I helped him sell his uh, new build in Richmond Hill, and then uh, to thank me, he took me to um, Honduras on a diving trip. So that what? was pretty fun. What? Um, Does he need what? a new realtor? Yes, introduce <laughs> me to watching? this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Clients uh, of mine, if you're watching. Yeah. <laughs> right. I know. Actually, I think one is. Where is my Honduras yeah, yeah. trip, people? <laughs> Do you know this gentleman? <laughs> JD, JD. Yes, oh, right hi. Here, right here. Cool, Hi, cool. JD. So I get the, the bar set. Hi, JD. You're going to Honduras with your <laughs> <laughs> family. So there you go. <laughs> so that's pretty wild, huh? Yeah. You had to go there. Well, well, because yeah. any of our stories are like, yeah, we went to like the nicest steakhouse in, in town, yeah. yeah, which is still awesome. Like, yeah, I don't want to discredit. <laughs> yeah, like, what's going on? That's it. No more steakhouse for Gary. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's pretty wild. That's pretty wild. Tell me, Christina, some of the. Okay, so that's cool. Diving, whatever. Okay, next question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's I totally pass agree. that one. My clients are awesome, by the way. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm waiting on a trip or two from some clients right now. Okay, I got you covered. Look at this, JD. Okay. 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 Yeah. Deal. Awesome. <laughs> Fun. You know what? I went to elementary school with him, and we haven't seen each other in probably 10 years, but oh, nice. the power of social media. Wow. Yeah. I love it. That's, That's awesome. Yeah, really wow. neat. Really neat. That's... You know, one of the reasons why we started doing the podcast is to put it on social media. Anyone can do a podcast and talk to a microphone, but actually to put it out there and have people chime in, it adds a kind of a fun element to it. And you get connected with a lot of people. Yeah. That Mm -hmm. you don't expect. And you, you know, you said this is, you're doing this for people, right? We want to answer their questions. And I find sometimes people are either shy or intimidated to just call and ask you a question. But social media is awesome. You can just shoot me a message privately nobody knows that you're asking it and um it just really gives you that connection with people that other way we didn't have before right this is mm-hmm. just an easy way to connect and answer questions and help people so talk to me a little bit about that because we all have our clients and every client has a different set of needs for instance but i think most clients the, the core is the same mm-hmm. but not every every client understands that so what would you wish Maybe that's a bad way to phrase it, but I'm going to say it anyways. What would you wish clients already knew before they came and talked to you? Um, Their finances. Mm, Yeah. That's a big one. That's one of the first things I ask. Do you know where you're at? Yeah. You know, can you afford to go look for this house? Can you afford to sell and move the house you think you can have? Um, Finances, for sure, is is the biggest one. Cool. Cool. Same thing, Andrew? What would I like them to know? So outside of finances, um, that... I'm here to work for them, but that I'm actually working for them. And, um, you know, they can take as long or as short as they like, 
but I, if they're asking me to commit my time to them, I would like them to commit their time. Their, their, I, I get paid by doing a transaction. Mm. So yeah, I've had one. clients, you know, um, they can take seven months sometimes, eight months, and, and I will service them. They will never hear a complaint from me at all because I'm committing to them. I actually enjoy it. I'm trying to help them. Um, and then if they go and they, they deal with someone else or they change gears and they go to some other city and they forget that at least I could help them get another agent and help recoup some of that, that money. So something I'm, I'm going to talk to all my clients about now is, the, is our referral networks. So right. yeah. if I'm putting in this time, that's great. It doesn't work out. Let me at least refer you to someone. I'm going to vet the other agent. I'm yep. going to follow it along and I'm going to be able to recoup some of that time and money that I put into it. And so that's what I talk to them about now is if I'm committing to you, I'm going to ask you to commit to me, not only on a BRA, I mean, just personally, mm -hmm. like that's it. You know, this is, this is how I pay myself. This is how I, I support oh, my paid. children. Yes. Um, you know, so that's, I, I like to explain that a little bit more. I find a lot of people are a little embarrassed about talking about commission You're right? Yeah. Uh, and, and who gets paid and how they get paid and all of a sudden I just open it up. Like let's let's talk yeah, I think about that's, it. That's awesome. Yeah. I like let's that you address the that. elephant yeah. in the room yeah. right yeah. off the yeah. bat. Yeah, not me. Also, the, that's the question. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing we're sitting down. I'm as tall as you sitting down. By the way, like when I'm standing up, you're sitting down. Yeah. Uh, is it time? Yes, yeah, it's yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. We got some fun stuff we're gonna do with uh, with you guys. So, this is our rapid fire questions. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. <laughs> These are um, these are serious, okay, okay, and I'm gonna kind of bounce back and forth between the two of them, and between the two of you, and you're gonna answer that. It could be one word answers is what we're looking for. So you look last. So I'm yeah. gonna ask you first. First, good. <laughs> let's start. Let's start with an easy one. Would you rather be texting or talking? Talking. Andrew, favorite season of the year? Summer. I like summer. Because you have a pool. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, here's this one's really important. I'm not going to ask. Uh, and actually, I'm going to ask both of you. Is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal yes. crackers? No. <laughs> I think it's just wrong for a vegetarian. Period. <laughs> Sorry, Lenka. Lenka, his wife. Um, so this show's over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Uh, outside of Honduras, the place you want to travel to the most? <laughs> I'll let you go. I don't know. Cheater. Greece. 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 I like it. Yes. You're going there this summer. Yes. There you go. Talk nice. to them. Yes. Uh, favorite junk food. Chocolate. Yeah. Chips. Chocolate chips. I like it. <laughs> uh, Christina, is double dipping at a party ever acceptable? Absolutely not. No. At okay. a party of one. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> There's horns there. Gee, you can hear them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Andrew, name one of the seven dwarfs. Uh, sleepy. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Christina. How dopey. <laughs> and the disclosure after that question, as I always say, is do not read into their answers. Nope. <laughs> uh, Christina, coffee or tea? Coffee. Andrew? Coffee. Coffee. I already knew that. Mm -hmm. uh, this is. A, I'm going to ask this question. Big dogs or small dogs? <laughs> uh, there's only one type of dog. Yeah. And he's, Big. And he's, he's almost 200 pounds. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Christina, what superpower would you like to have? Um, teleportation. Oh. Wow. Good We've one. not had that on the show before. Yeah. Woo. It's because you didn't have me yet. Well, there you go. Truth. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, cake or pie? Cake. Christina, how many hours of sleep do you need? Six. Andrew, <laughs> the Godfather or Star Wars? Oh, tough. Godfather. Uh, that is the absolute leading answer by thousands of percent. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he said tough and he threw me off like, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, climb a mountain or jump from a plane? Neither. <laughs> <laughs> That's not an answer on here. Yeah. I'd, oh, for I'm me too. With neither. Neither. Oh, uh, I'd like to climb a mountain. Not that I can. No, that, <laughs> the answer wasn't. Can you? <laughs> <laughs> Would you? <laughs> Would you? Uh, and the last question: um, Stale Sour Patch Kids or fresh 
circus peanuts. I ate some still Sour Patch Kids last night. Uh, I'm going to go with that. Boy. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I'm yep. with you. Cool, cool, cool. They got the sweet tooth. All right. What do you got for the... Um, little, that's a little fun we like to have with our guests. Okay. So that wasn't bad. See? Yeah. I see, yeah nervous. You were looking nervous. nervous. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking. I didn't Wait, sleep uh, a whole lot last night. I really hope it's easy here. for me. You didn't yeah, get yeah, your yeah. six hours? I had a very, very sick toddler with oh. lots of throwing up last night. So. Oh, boy. That see? sucks. The challenges of uh, being a mom, being a realtor, being a business entrepreneur. Um, let's talk a bit about mindset and, you know, what... what Because that's not deep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I should help you yeah. No, but um, we have two high producers here in the studio. Would like to know, you know, your mindset around, you know, getting up and going after business every day because it's not an easy task. No, it's not. But, you know, I, I try and relate it not to just me and going after business because that, that comes if everything else for me in life is going well. So I'm going to be honest. I, I do well in real estate, but I don't get up with the mindset every day that I'm going after business. I, it's just, I don't. Um, my mindset is, you know, how can I go to bed happy tonight? How can I have a good day that I'm not yelling at my children or pulling out hair? How can I make this an easy day for me? Um, and how can I make someone else happy? And often when I'm doing those things and starting my day, what am I grateful for today? Um, what can I achieve today? Um, that's going to bring happiness. Like I said, real estate follows. Yeah. Um, you know, checking in with clients on a happy note and and doing those things. That's kind of where my mindset is. It's just about, you know, I want to be happy at the end of the day. And if we talked about letting people go and not taking listings and that kind of stuff. And for me, it's gotten easier because Good. if I'm not happy, then you're not going to be either. Yes. <laughs> Love it. I'm, I'm very similar in that I, I don't concentrate on going out to get business uh, in particular. I'm, I'm more about how can I serve someone, mm-hmm. either in business or in my family or in my community. Um, if I focus on that, I find that my happiness level is a lot better than if I focus on how I'm going to get more business. Mm. And, and I find I get more comes. business, too. Yeah. A bit more business comes. comes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to jump in there a little bit. because Go ahead. Now, now my mind's working, right? And a lot of people do think that they have to put in their numbers every day or you know number of doors that they knocked on or whatever it may be right and your focus is just totally different mm-hmm. that's just that's just a, a a thing during the day that happens um, your focus is we've chatted about this yeah. before we're pretty similar actually with our business um I am not well you guys before we started <laughs> I am not technology savvy <laughs> You know, my systems definitely could use some improvement. I'm just not somebody that hits numbers every day. I don't. No. And no, what? And my point, my point here is, not everyone needs to work like that. No, but it comes down to you as a person. You as if a person. You operate better that way, then that's what you should be doing. Um, I don't, so I don't do it. Yeah, yep. yeah, and that's fine because the, the point that I want to make is, what makes you happy is making sure your kids are taken care of and 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 that sort of thing, right? That. However, you get there is how you're going to get there. Yeah. Right. If it's as you said, serving somebody because that is going to add value to their life, and it just comes back in tenfold. It always does. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's no. It's cool. I just wanted people to make sure that uh, a lot of people just think, "Yeah, the phone's going to ring." Mm-hmm. Right. But you're doing so many other things to make that phone ring. Mm-hmm. And and uh, that that's the impression that uh, we, or that's the message I want to make sure people hear yep. is that phone does ring, but you're doing so many other things that does yeah. not feel like work to you because it's your passion and it's something and that's, that's truly you know, love. I, I know yeah. you guys really well, and, and and that's the things that I see coming out. So that that's kudos to you guys for sure for for making that happen because of all those whoops, all those other things that are. And everyone's different. I mean, Colin, I know you're you're heavy on the phones and and uh, door knocking. I don't know if if you do that. No. Um, and so to the point where it probably doesn't feel like work to you no. anymore. No. That feels like a lot of work to me. There's no <laughs> like, work to like, me. Like one phone call. Phone call. <laughs> but but no. I do my, I have, I'm a network base. I'm yes. a database. Like I do like, I'm very purposeful about calling my database. Yes. And I talk to people like yourself and some others that are door knockers and they're like, Oh, it's hard for me to call my database and I don't understand it, but it's because we're all different. Yes. So yeah. focus on your strengths. Play to your strengths. That's right. Focus on your strengths. Do whatever. If it doesn't feel like work because it's work. 
There's mm-hmm. a lot of work in this industry. We have to do it, but do whatever you know feels like like it's not like work, you yeah. know. And I, I've made a decision this year to do less work because I want to spend more time with my kids. Mm-hmm. And that's the like I went home one day and my daughter had driven a family portrait. Oh yeah, this is uh, and and I was like, oh, this is nice. And, she, and I'm like, well, where's Daddy? And she looked at me. She was five, I think, at the time. And she's like, oh, you're working. Oh my gosh! Ooh. And I was like, oh, uh, and I was coming off of a, a couple of years where I was, I was really out that's seven tough. days a week, fourteen hours a day, that kind of thing. And so this year, I've decided that's not what's important to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? So with that being said, how do you protect your personal time and your family time? Just be purposeful about planning it. Um, and uh, I fail at it sometimes, so I try to keep Sundays for my family. Um, a lot of times people, you know, you tell them Sundays for my family, and they're like, well, what about Sunday for the viewings? I mean, <laughs> you know, it's just the way it is. Um, and that's okay, too. But yeah. I, I also make sure that when I'm there, I'm present. So yeah. I'm not on my phone. I'm not in my head. Off. I'm not bringing, you know, work home with me, that kind of thing. Cool. Love it. Little sh- quick shout out to the people watching online, Linda Thompson, Ken McDonald, Charity, a bunch of people. And uh, just want to say thanks and chime in with your comments and, and so forth. And, and uh, we'll, we'll get to those. And questions. We want questions. Yes. Questions. yes. Bring, your, bring your questions to us. Christina, uh, same question for you. How do you protect your personal time as a mom, mom entrepreneur, I think is the word. Mom entrepreneur, that's oh, awesome. Like that. yes. Did you look that one up uh, on the way down? That's a good one. <laughs> um, we're coining words as the show go on. Right? <laughs> so how do you protect your personal time and your family time? Um, I'm still working on this. I would say this year I've gotten better. Uh, kind of like you said, I, I ran myself so thin. Um, when the market kind of took a huge dip in those few weeks, I was I was almost nine months pregnant with nine listings and doing it by myself. So I was, you know, lugging open house signs out by myself and and managing nine sellers that had literally all had this date of, you know, we're going to take offers on this date. It's going to be awesome. And I'm going to, you know, finish this up and have a baby and take a couple (laughs) weeks off. No, that didn't happen. So um, this sticks with me because I, I. told the story kind of almost humorously so many times and then when I heard my husband tell it one time it wasn't funny and I thought oh this is interesting Mm. and it was being in the delivery room having my daughter and before we were even back in our private room I was asking for my laptop and I was on my phone and it was because it was a Sunday and I had an open house and the sellers expected follow-up they wanted to know what happened at it and that was my thought I got to get back to you because you trusted me so you know that's what I'm going to do like we're talking hours after having a baby. And I thought, oh, this is funny. Not funny when you're hearing your husband say that. Yeah. And it's kind of those moments where you realize, okay, I've gotta I've gotta be better at this. So this year it's this year I made a conscious effort to um coaching my daughter's soccer team. And nice. I had a yes. um a good friend of mine, Darcy Toombs, if you're watching. Shout he, out uh, to Darcy. Yeah, him and uh, his mom Brenda, I was telling them he had his little guys in soccer too, and he said, How did you commit to doing that I said because I have to right Mm -hmm. if I'm there if I'm coaching that means I'm going to be there for every game on Tuesday nights and that's something I have to be better at because I'm I'm not the best Mm. so from the time um, and this is for both of you from the time you wake up how soon are you on your phone touching your phone <laughs> mm, pretty immediately. Yeah, my head's still on the pillow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what what app is first? Uh, depending on the day, usually email. Yeah. Uh, then, uh, yeah, yeah, email, and then Facebook uh, message. A lot of people message me on Facebook. I know we're on Facebook now, but it's not the best way to get a hold of me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Christina, what's your favorite, what's your go-to app in the morning? Um, email, text, Instagram. Instagram, yeah. Instagram, yeah, yeah. Me, I'm Twitter right now, and that's only Twitter. because of our Toronto really? Raptors. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Other than that, I'm, I'm probably kind of, uh, email would be last though for me. Hmm. No, I've just, this year, I've just made that conscious effort to not touch my phones for the first half an hour, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's a struggle. Sure, you're like, oh, oh no, I committed. I wouldn't be doing okay, that. Okay, so let's get into this a little yeah. bit. Totally, this is not real estate related, but this is this is like adult parent stuff, and I think it's important. So your kids are older than mine. Yes, mine are mine are twelve. Mine are fifteen and 
13. Don't say it if you don't know it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Caitlin. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Shout out to Caitlin. She's the best. (laughs) So, like, mine mine are 12, 10, and 9. Your girls are, I think, 5 and 7. So, kind of the same or a little bit older? Uh, 4, and my daughter turned 2 yesterday. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Cool. Cool. Your son was yesterday, yesterday too. Yeah. 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 Turned 9. Cool. It's a great day. Um, we're at that point where like, okay, now my kids are starting to have their own phones. Do we put the phone downstairs, let it stay there all night? Because what, whatever we model, they're going to follow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This, I know this is not real estate, but this is like, this is just how, well, it, this it's, is stuff, right? It's worth it's it's discussing. Right? So what do you do? What do you do? You've got older kids. My phone is never in my bedroom. Neither my wife or our phones are never in their bedroom. Only recently we got a TV in our room. Before it was no technology in mm-hmm. our bedroom. Um, so yeah, we don't take the phones to our bedroom. That's us. We're weird like that. Yeah, that's good. It's yeah, good. That's good. It's that's good. good. I think we're at that point where, and I've talked to other parents of of kids that have that have older kids. Like, no, our phones charge in the kitchen all night. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that would drive me nuts. Yeah. That's how I fall asleep right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, anyways, yeah. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, so we talked a lot about you know what we're what we're doing for our clients. What I want before we kind of. We've got about 15 minutes here. I want to know what we're doing to help our clients, protect our clients through a transaction. Because uh, I think, I think in my experience, when you're working with buyers, you're telling them all this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, but they forget, mm-hmm. right? Talk to me how you kind of walk them through, say, the purchase of a home and what does that look like? You go first, Christina. So everything with me is upfront. Um, like you said, you kind of talk them through it, but then they forget. So we go through a buyer's guide. We go through a seller's guide. Buyer's guide, this is what's going to happen. And if you're buying on this date, expect that in these five business days, these are this is our conditional phase. And I've got it all written out for them. Yeah, cool. Um, and it makes it really simple for them to follow along and to know what they're supposed to be doing, at what point should they be doing that. And I've got it all in you know my calendar to know, okay, we bought on this date. This is when this is, and this is what's happening. And then I do reminders. This is what's coming up. And just staying in touch with them because they do, they totally forget. Yeah. You know, do you have a lawyer? Yeah, I've got a lawyer. Okay. Then you reach back out. I, ha- I Do I need a lawyer? Yep. Yes, you need yeah. a lawyer. We talked about this. So you just really need to make sure it's all outlined and written down somewhere that they can have it. Yeah, that's important. Andrew, anything different there you want to add to it? or? Clients, especially when they're in the middle or beginning or end of a transaction, get 100% of my time as much as they need it. So I'm, I'm talking to them every day at least once. So um, we're walking through all those steps over and over and over mm-hmm. again because they forget, like you said. Yeah. And, and it's, it, it's, it's natural for them to forget. It's not something they do 50 times a year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they do it three times in their lives maybe yeah. or twice or whatever. Or it's their first time. So I, I do that. Um, I have a concierge service that helps them after they've gone firm to do all the rest of the stuff they need to do. So I used to give them like a list of, you know, checklists and stuff like that for moving. Now we have a live person that helps walks them through that as well. Um, and I find that that has helped uh, a lot. Uh, and just, it's all about communication, yeah. whether it's a buyer or seller. Mm-hmm. It's all about communication. That's a neat, that's a neat comment. What, in, in your experience at this moment, what's, how are clients asking to be communicated with? Yep. Yep. Depends on their age. Interesting. Okay. What does yeah. that mean? Millennial, uh, and I don't like to use the word millennial because there's a negative connotation I find a lot of times. I don't look down upon millennials at all. I I, I like them a lot. Uh, and they're also going to be my big bread earner coming up. So come, you know, give me some, give me some deals. Um, <laughs> I like millennials. No, um, it, it really depends. So a lot of people like text. Um, I'm, I'm texting a lot more than I've ever texted yeah. before, which I don't mind because there's a, there's a quote unquote a paper trail. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, but I do, I have a personal limit of four texts to the same person within the same conversation. I'm calling them. That's just my own personal rule because it's, it, it takes a lot more to do a text properly and people bring their own emotions to it. And I find that gets really weird and they can get really like, especially if they're stressed, if they're if anything like that, they're bringing that stress to it. Then all of a sudden it becomes angst filled and they're getting upset yes. with me. And mm-hmm. it, it would have just been totally not a problem. Had we just been on the phone or in front of each of other. Of course. Right. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. 
I think uh, it's important to ask your client. That's one of the first things I ask is what's your work schedule? How do you prefer to communicate? Do you want me to email? Do you want me to phone, text? What do you like? Mm -hmm. Um, Because that's going to go a lot better if you're, you know, communicating the way they're comfortable with it. Um, I don't like leaving room for them to interpret it something that wasn't meant that way. And I think texting is really tough, Mm -hmm. right? You don't really know someone's tone. You don't know, you don't know how to take it. And I've had that issue before. So I immediately just ask. And same thing, if it's, you know, something that we need to talk about, that's a phone call. So there's also things I make sure that are phone calls, no matter what they tell me, if they like email, if it's a phone call worthy thing, make the phone call. It's also for me too. I don't know if it's for you guys as well, but I'm human. And I have emotions and I have good and bad days. So when you text me, I'm bringing some of my own crap Mm -hmm. to it as well. And and I don't like that. I don't like having to, uh, you know, I don't like having to interpret. You know, Mm -hmm. I can can read someone better, obviously person to person, but at least on the phone. I really like what Christina said, where she finds out what is the best way they want to be communicated. Because we're always told, uh, treat people the way you you want to be treated. But that's not true anymore. It's treat people how they want to be treated because I might like text or I might just like getting on the phone. But for Andrew, he loves, you know, send me an email. So it's really digging in and finding out what that person wants and, you know, serving them at a very high level there. And when it's important, we do make that telephone call or we have yeah. that sit down face to face. I think it's also a matter of what the content is as well. Some things need to be in an email. Yeah. yeah, quote unquote writing. Yes. Yeah. So even if it's done on a phone call, a follow up with an email. Absolutely. Right. In our business, we're doing transactions. Yes. We have to. Mm-hmm. We have to. You know. Further to un- mm-hmm. our conversation. This that's is right. how I understood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. This is what you told me. Yes. <laughs> Are we okay here? Yeah. <laughs> Especially on the negotiating side. That's right. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Christina, talk to me a little bit about perhaps what's been some of the more challenging things as a realtor that you didn't expect when you first Um, started managing emotions yeah right it's it's really emotional for buyers and sellers it can be very exciting um it can be very sad you know it you go through a roller coaster of emotions and i am the type of person that takes takes it on right so if i'm with somebody and they're upset i i feel that Mm. and i've struggled with that with clients you know i take on their stress when they're stressed and you know, I get excited when they're excited. So I think managing emotions has been something I didn't really think about when I got into this business. Hmm. Yeah. I have a lot of things I'm surprised about that are challenging yeah. in our business. Uh, one of which would be even in podcast. my best of yeah, podcasts, <laughs> uh, <laughs> colleagues, you know, all of, all of those things. Yeah. Um, but in practical sense is managing uh, finances. So mm-hmm. even in some of my best years, um, you know, there are months where there, are, there isn't any income. So being responsible with that. Yeah. Um, for my first six years, I wasn't. Uh, and I had to, I hired a money coach and all of that yeah. stuff. And I would really suggest that to anyone getting into the industry to do that. And it just helps, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. You ask me what I do in the morning, too. I do look at a spreadsheet of, of my, uh, my money. Okay. Uh, so I know exactly where it is, what's going in, what's coming out. Just that's. It's not in when I'm in bed, but you know, uh, <laughs> after I meditate and all of that stuff, yes. and send, send my kids out. That's one of the first things I do as well. Yeah, cool, okay. very cool. Mm-hmm. So, how are you? How can one be more responsible now, especially a new agent coming into the business? How can one be more responsible managing their monies? Because we see the ebbs and flow as a real estate agent. You know, I'm rich, I'm poor, I'm rich, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so, how does what would your advice be to to, to someone like that? It's, it's probably the same for everyone in any industry. Uh, I think it's good practice for everyone. But for us, because we get um, large sums uh, sporadically, it's harder to bridge that out. So what I've done is make a base of what my monthly cost is. So that's, my, that's what I need to make. Mm-hmm. And then I pay myself on top of that mm-hmm. uh, a certain amount. And if I make more than that that month, I put that away. Yep. So it's about saving for those rainy days, months, years uh because you know we get really uh, 12 years in we get good years really good years and we get not so great years and they to be honest you're working the same amount Mm -hmm. it's just they 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 just they just work out differently yeah right like you can you know i don't change much in the way i work but i have vastly different years sometimes yeah 
And it's also remembering to put aside the government's money. Mm-hmm. So I made that mistake. That's one of my biggest things. Yeah. When we, when we teach Ignite, uh, that's one of the things I tell them. No matter what course I'm teaching, yeah. I put that in there because I got... <laughs> I like it. Uh, Listing presentation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> because it's, uh, I got caught one year and it, and it was really quite scary. Yeah. Uh, and because and, I had gotten into the habit, which a lot of people I found it did, was they would have enough deals coming through the next year to pay for their, their last year's taxes. Yes. Really not a good habit, yeah. but a lot of people do it. One year that didn't happen. And then I was I was screwed. And I had to you know to go to the bank of dad at 35 and, and all of that. And luckily it worked out. But it, that's, a, that's a big learning curve for, yeah. for new agents. Yeah, and get sure. a big line of credit. Yeah. I'm glad I'm you brought that up. Thank yeah. you. No, that's, <laughs> that's big, Andrew, and I appreciate your your candidacy there, like to, to speak candidly and, and appreciate that. Um, awesome, awesome, Christina. I don't know. I know for the three of us, we enjoy training. Do you, do you enjoy training other agents and in, in some of the stuff that you're doing? Um, so that's a no. Here's the thing. I love teaching somebody something that I'm doing if it's working. Yeah. But everybody's so different. And there's so many things in real estate that I probably should be doing that I don't do. So I'm always hesitant to teach somebody because if they're not similar to the way I work, I could be setting them up for failure. So, you know, if there's something I'm really good at and I know they could do that well, I am, you know, the first person that is going to share anything I possibly can with you. Right. Um, I just get very nervous that there's stuff that I should be doing I'm not, and mm. they would benefit from learning from someone else. Okay. But you know, if there's ever an agent in my office or anywhere I meet for agent with agents, I would say a few times a month that reach out from other companies um, that just want to know and chat and it's a, it can be a lonely business. Yep. You know, I've I've learned that too. It can yep. be a lonely business. So be friendly, share whatever you have, Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We could be doing two things the same and deliver it differently. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. share anything you can. I'm, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. I know Andrew mentioned earlier about a coach. Do you have a coach in any aspect of your business? No. Okay. Um, not currently. Okay. I've gone through a few, like, few different things. Um, I gotta be honest, I just... I network. That's yes. my thing. And there's no and coach really, there's no you're coach to tell it. me to network. I just go out. We kind of, we said this at the beginning, I go out and I love being involved in my community. I like meeting people and business just kind of comes. Okay. And what areas do you serve, uh, service? Uh, Newmarket, Aurora a little bit and East Gwillenbury. Okay. Andrew? What areas do I service? Yeah. Wherever there are homes. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Yeah, those are five areas. (laughs) Cool. Huh. Well, you've had some good answers this show. (laughs) Awesome. We have, what, three more minutes uh, before we wrap this up. Um, Any final questions you have? Final questions. Um, Nothing specific or deep or anything like that. A couple of quick questions perhaps around, okay, what what books or podcasts are you listening to at this moment? Do you listen to them? Uh, Other than the Not So Black White Real Estate podcast. Outside of this one. This should be your only one. (laughs) On repeat. Yeah, yeah. Um, right now, I'm reading uh, "Girl, Stop Apologizing." Oh, cool! I've not about heard that. of that. Yeah, because it, I'm a guy, I guess. You know what? It works. It works for both. Very motivational. Yeah, girl, stop apologizing. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna don't get lie. It for my I saw daughter. it. I saw it in your bag over <laughs> yes. there. You're yeah. lying. Cool, cool, Andrew. You podcast guy? You listen to podcasts? You should. Um, the answer is yes. I don't have time. No. Cool. Um, reading, I've. Uh, I've read a number of books recently, but right now I'm just reading my kids' books. Awesome. Yeah. Cat in the Hat and... uh, (laughs) Spot. Spot. You know, uh, I don't know. We've been focusing on that. Um, Focusing on that. (laughs) How does that become a focus? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Cool. Um, What time we got here? Two minutes. Two minutes. There's, I have deep questions, but that'll take way longer than two minutes. Yes. So, um, Christina, you're, we are with Keller Williams. You are not. Tell us a little bit about your business and the brokers that you're a part of and, and how can people get in touch with you? How can people contact you with you and network? Why should someone reach out to you and represent so that you can represent them as, uh, as their agent? Sure. So I'm with Coldwell Banker, the real estate center um, in Newmarket. And in 2018, I was awarded the Coldwell Banker 
Canadian Ambassador Award, which um, nice. was a really, you know, it's a huge award. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's Christina's daughter, by the way. <laughs> Claire. That was Claire. <laughs> um, that was a huge thing because that was, you know, I, they felt I best represented their values awesome. for their company of all of Canada, which is really awesome. Uh, so Congratulations. That's, thanks. Uh, that's amazing. Um, so you can reach me. Instagram's a big one. I do a lot of business off that, and I'm that realtor mom on Instagram or Christina Wilton Real Estate on Facebook, or you can email me at Christina at ChristinaWilton.ca. Cool. Cool. Awesome. So I'm pretty sure if they want to get a hold of you, they're not going to contact her. No. You can. But Christina <laughs> says they can. We work yeah. the same area. Yeah. <laughs> Anywhere there's homes. Anywhere there's homes, really. So. Just ask Christina for my number, and she'll give it to you. It's all good. Um, yeah, yeah. You can get me at Andrew at andrewbolton.ca um, and any other social media service out there. I'm out there, you know. Um, what was the question? Yeah, uh, that was it. Yeah, yeah. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> that was All right. We're about to wrap up here again. Uh, guys, it was a pleasure having you here in the studio today. Uh, we're going to... I know there's a lot we're going to cover offline as well, but really enjoy the time we spent. Uh, for those of you who've logged in, thank you so much. Gear? Yeah, so we are always on uh, our website, Apple iTunes and Google Play, Spotify, all that kind of stuff. Even if you're watching the replay afterwards, go in and, and ask your questions then because I know Andrew and Christina and certainly Colin will chime in and, and answer everything that we possibly can. But uh, until next week, have a awesome, awesome time. Bye for now. All right. Thank you. Oh. Hi. This is Dion Begg from Butler Mortgage. For the past Dion. 15 years, I've helped families answer the big three financial questions. How do I pay off my home faster, pay for my kids' education, and build wealth for retirement? We answer these questions through helping plan and fund significant investment property portfolios. If you're a first-time buyer or buying your first or 10th investment property, please reach out for a free consultation so we can ensure you build the best portfolio possible. Search for mortgages by Dion.com or call me at 800-518-1221.